This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm Tim. Tim, how are you doing today, this day? Tom, this day I am doing well. Uh, it's the summertime and I've been having fun in the sun. Oh, it's great to hear. Have you been uh, going to the beach? I went to the beach once this summer. Mm-hmm. About a month ago. A lot of sharks lately. You see all this about the sharks? Yeah. Tom, have you ever been afraid of a shark? Yeah, I've been afraid of a shark. I've been I, afraid of a shark in a swimming pool. No, I, I know. But have you ever been in a swimming pool with a shark? Not that I'm aware of, but I've Not gone into- I've gone Mark in, Cuban or Barbara Corcoran? Oh, no, I haven't been in a pool with- Oh, I, I go to a uh, lot of high-class parties with the sharks. Uh, from Shark Tank, you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, pool parties. The, the television Kevin show. O'Leary. Yeah, I bet he Robert looks hot, topless. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful, yeah. Mr. Wonderful Body. Is he wears like one it. of those uh, one-piece suits from the the nineteen twenties, <laughs> or uh, one of those like swim shirts, and he's like, oh, I, don't, "I don't want to get sunburned." Yeah, yeah, right, Mr. Yeah, right. Wonderful. You want everybody to see your your boobies, Mr. Wonderful, and yeah. and figure out where that name came from, Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> Sound wonderful those boobs are. Anyway, how are you? Do- uh, you already told me. Yeah, I've been having fun in the sun. How are you doing this week, Tom? Uh, pretty good, Tim. Can't complain. You uh, weren't ready for me to ask that question, I guess. <laughs> no, well, because I answered this question before we uh, met today, and uh, I told you I've, I've been seeing a lot of movies lately, so I've been enjoying that. Great. We were uh, talking about Barbie beforehand, but but we, weren't, that's not this episode, Tom. We. Saw Barbie mm-hmm. in the same theater. Uh-huh. In the same building, not the same theater. Right. Same night. The, the same movie theater. What, complex. you went to the 730 show? Yeah, I think so. Alone, as I recall. <laughs> and I went to the 845. Uh, with all your friends. With all of our friends. <laughs> yeah, they just didn't. Yeah, there yeah. were enough tickets. I had to go to an earlier show by myself. Um, and then next week, Tom, mm-hmm. you and I are going to a 10.30 a.m. showing of Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Yeah. IMAX, 70 millimeter. I was confused. I thought the movie was called Weisenheimer. I was very excited about, you know. The Three Stooges kind of. Seeing, seeing, you know, just two and a half hours, some Weisenheimer uh, up to his tricks. In in IMAX. 70 in millimeter. IMAX. Holy cow. Yeah. Movie's three hours long on three the Three hours. Yeah. Wow, all right. We're going to get in there at, at uh, 10.30 a.m., Tom. Yeah. There's going to be, what, 20 minutes of previews? Yeah, about that. Usually. So we're going to get out at like 2 o'clock. Yeah. To probably, the harsh sun. Yeah, probably have to pee real bad unless we go during the movie. Tom, do you pee every three hours? <laughs> and people are like, oh, how am I going to get through this movie? Like, what what kind of sick... Uh, I mean, there are some people that do have to pee, <laughs> but like, come on, you can hold it if you're watching a movie. Well, a lot of them drinking a ton of soda, well, which stop I drinking like all doing. That soda well, I'm every, going I'm to the drink movies. a lot of yeah. soda, too. That's one of the great things about going to the movies. 10.30 in the morning, Tom, I'm still getting Sour Patch Kids and yeah. freaking uh, Well, if you got popcorn, Dr. the popcorn salty, so you're drinking the soda. No, the popcorn, the salt in the popcorn will soak up all the. No, it's not the way it works. I think it is. But then you had to poop. <laughs> I've never, I don't think I've ever had to poop in the middle of a movie. Hmm. 
Thank God. Well, when you've been watching at home, probably. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm watching at home all the time, but uh, but never in the theater, because that would really suck. Because, like, peeing is inconvenient, but it's like, all right, I can I'm I can be very quick as long as I know where the, the where the bathroom is. Right. Sometimes, especially in New York, I think you get some of these theaters where it's like, oh, the bathroom's actually five stories up. Yeah. <laughs> and that sucks. Tom, I was the, the worst uh, cinema peeing experience I had mm-hmm. was I was seeing the movie Inglorious Bastards, yeah. uh, Quentin Tarantino's uh, World War II film. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert for Inglorious Bastards, but it came out like 15 years ago, yeah. so I think we're okay. Um, I had to pee so bad, and it was one of those things that's where it's like, a, Tim, that's not a spoiler. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna make it. Ah, and it like became like an emergency, <laughs> right? Towards the end of the movie, go out to pee while I'm out peeing. They kill Hitler in the movie. It's a whole scene where they like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Finally, they like, uh, they kill Hitler, and it's a whole thing. They rewrote history or whatever. Mm-hmm. I come back and I was like. What happened? You're like, nah, I, was doing, I, I know how World War II ended. I know what happened. <laughs> That's kind of what I felt. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, the person was like, you idiot. <laughs> they did killed they, Hitler. Did they tell you? Like, they killed him with a, a flamethrower. And you were like, no, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know. It was, just, uh, it was a bad move on my part. I, to this day, love the movie. Yeah. I haven't seen that part. Um, I... I think I kind of have the opposite problem at movies where if I begin to feel like I have to pee, then I'm like, shh, I should go right now. I should go yeah. right now because I'm going to wait and then a cool part's going to happen and uh, and then I'm really not going to want to go. So like, so that's like a different kind of neurotic where like I've done this sometimes where I've like run out to go to the bathroom and like barely Nothing done anything. Out. Like something comes out, but not much. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like, uh, yeah, no, I didn't have to desperately pee to do that. Yeah. No, that's the way I live my life where it's like <laughs> if I had to do anything, like if I'm like, well, I need I to go get like an egg sandwich at the deli. Yeah. Well, before I do that, this is going to be six minutes. I should make sure that I don't have to pee. Right. Um, I live my life one piss at a time. <laughs> The other thing is, like, when you wait the whole time, and uh-huh. it's the, the, the climax of the movie, I can hear them killing Hitler through the wall, <laughs> but, like, I've been holding it so long, it's like, you ever have to be like, come on, pee, get out, like, and it's just, like, it's Yeah, where even pee. as you're peeing, there's still, like, not relief yet? Yeah. Yeah. Tom- come on, pee, get out. <laughs> And they're here they, they, in the movie theater. They're watching Hitler being killed. They're hearing some guy yell through the wall. Come on, P, get out. <laughs> yelling about his piss. Um, and is he yelling at his piss or his dick? Uh, who, who is he blamed for this? Another thing that happened to me recently is I used a uh, an all-gender uh, bathroom in an mm-hmm. office building uh-huh. when I really, really had to pee. Uh-huh. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Like, walk yeah. into the stall. There's somebody. There's a, a woman like, oh, there. I've seen Allie McBeal. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, they had, they had a gender-neutral bathroom. Uh, um, but, like, it was, you know, a whole bunch of stalls. There was a woman there doing her makeup. Mm-hmm. I did feel like I really had to pee. So, like, uh, I went into the stall. I mean, for like, I don't know, 13 <laughs> minutes straight. And I was like, well, this is embarrassing. Like, uh, this is, this is like, what are you doing? Frying up chicken in there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, well, surely she'll be gone by the time I get out. No, she's still out there doing it. I just had to like sheepishly wash my hands next to her. Yeah, I've, I've 
uh, gone to the bathroom in like some like uh, gender neutral bathrooms in like, you know, corporate offices or whatever. Not often, but I've had this happen a few times where. Uh, oh, one time. Yeah. Uh, the time I'm thinking of was at YouTube's offices. Okay. And like I went you were in- there to protest uh, being uh, <laughs> deplatformed. I was there to speak to the CEO about being deplatformed. Uh, no, I was there as a guest of the Gregory brothers for their, uh, their, uh, they were doing a a holiday concert there. So probably the people that work there were already like, what's this guy doing here? He doesn't work here. Um, but I, they had like a gender neutral bathroom, but I didn't realize that I walked in and there were like a few women like at the sink, washing hands, gossiping, probably something like that. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm sorry. And then like walked out and then looked for the men's room, saw the sign and was like, no, that is the right place. Now I guess I just have to go back in there and pretend like I'm a different guy <laughs> that didn't just do that. I mean, look, as, as we I, move I just, towards a society, I peed in the stairwell. It oh, was fine. Good. Yeah. After what they did to you at, uh, at YouTube. <laughs> exactly. That was uh, your livelihood, Tom. I, that's what I was screaming at them. This is how I make my money. Give me my money. Espousing dangerous opinions. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you guys hate free speech? Anyway, Tim, this week we're using our free speech to talk about a very controversial topic, boogie boards. Boogie boards. Or as I like to call them, bougie boards. Really? I'm too poor to buy a boogie board, Tim. So that's what I call them. Well... When uh when I was a kid, mm-hmm. boogie boards were hot property, Tom. Yeah. And you didn't want to just get that same freaking boogie board as everybody else got. You know which one I'm talking about? Uh, the base model Mori boogie one? No, I don't know. It's blue and yellow. Oh, It was okay. all foam. Yeah. Look, mm-hmm. we need to take a step back here. Yes, yeah. Boogie boards or body boards. Now, I got confused earlier because you were talking about body boarding, and you were right. I was confused with body surfing. Right. Which is a different thing. Body surfing is no no accessories required. Right. That's just a wave comes. It's swimming along with a wave. You're riding a wave. You ride a wave. No accessories required. Yeah. Like uh, they did in olden times. Yeah, and it, and look, it's fun, but it's not nearly as fun as other ways to ride a wave. Right. Boogie boarding or bodyboarding, uh, general term mm-hmm. for laying on or riding a small board in the water. Yeah. That about it's not sums it surfing. Up. No. Because it's not this big, long board that you're eventually going to stand up on. Although I have seen people stand up on boogie boards. Well, that's dangerous. They shouldn't do that. <laughs> Um, but it likely originated, this is uh, from beachlifeexpert.com, Tom, which yeah, is like homepage. my homepage. Yeah. Uh, bodyboarding likely originated in Polynesia, mm-hmm. where people would ride on a board, laying on their stomach, or kneeling. Yeah. Those I, knee boards that you see at the beach, it's like, guys, yeah, enough. With the knee boards? Yeah. Are you that talking- doesn't seem fun. The ones, like the skim boards? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, look, 
it's very dangerous to stand on one of those boards, but that's the cool way to ride yeah. it. Yeah. You're always worried about danger. <laughs> also, I'm worried about living life and having freaking fun skim, once in a while, Tom. Skim boards, for people that uh, aren't familiar with them, are like circular. I think they're usually like wood. But yeah, I, I think they're wooden. But I guess they probably could be fiberglass. And you just kind of like throw it like a Frisbee as the waves are like come, going back in. But the sand is wet, right? Or as the waves coming in, maybe. You can, and then you run up onto them. You, and like, yeah, you like run and you throw the board and it's like skipping along. And then you jump on it and I don't know, you slide for... I mean, some people can go pretty far in them. Yeah, you on get a, them, I you guess. Get a little bit of a thrill. You get a little bit of a thrill. It, it seems. It Tom, always, you're not a thrill seeker like me. No, it just always seemed to me like skimboards. You're doing like a lot of work for that little moment of thrill. Well, that's life, man. And that's know. what makes that moment of thrill so thrilling. If it was all thrill, Tom, it would yeah. all be mundane. But like you I don't need know. the peaks, when you need the valleys to have the peaks. When you're surfing or boogie boarding, you're not being thrilled the whole time. But but you're you're hanging out in the water. You're like, yeah, well, this is still pretty nice. I'm just kind of bobbing along in the mm. water here. Have this you is... ever surfed? I've never surfed in my life. <laughs> You've never. Have you ever even? Uh, did you ever even uh, hang ten? Tim, I haven't even hung five. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's that's really sad. I was supposed to take surfing lessons one time when I was in Ireland. Because mm-hmm. that's the place famous did, for yeah, surfing. Actually, there is some good surfing. Have you ever watched this uh, HBO show, A Hundred Foot Wave? No. That's really Sounds good. Sounds too scary. It's a documentary series, Tom. I think I have heard about that. Tom, watch it. It's great. Okay. Um, no, I mean, it, it was a very cool beach and, uh, it makes you feel like if you watch a few episodes of it, it's like, I'm pretty much a surfer now. (laughs) Like, I know, like the way that I said, uh, with authority, like uh just now, like, no, Ireland actually is a, is a pretty cool surfing destination. (laughs) It's because you feel like you're a surfer now. Yeah, it's like, oh, Tim knows. He's watched five hours of a (laughs) HBO show. Um, no, I mean, it did look like a good place to surf. It, it was very rocky, which I thought seemed, uh, not ideal, but again, it's about the thrill, man. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, ultimately it was like, I, I would have had to like get up too early in the morning. So I didn't do it. <laughs> um, but were you a boogie boarder, body boarder? Yes, I did. I did have a boogie board when I was a kid. I never had. I don't think I ever had like a Mori. I never had like a nice one. I never had like an official one. I always wanted nicer ones, but I think my, I think my parents wouldn't get me one because they were like, you're going to lose it or break it because right. I think I did break a few boogie you boards. You broke a boogie board. Yeah. But again, it was like, that's because they're buying you, they like were cheap, buying me the cheap ones. Yeah. crap or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, no, get this... something with some integrity there. Yeah. And Tom uh, won't freaking, uh, I don't know, what were you doing on this thing? <laughs> I mean, every time I a boogie broke board a boogie board, every time I broke a boogie board, it was because like uh, the, the, a wave just broke like, uh, uh, what do they call them? I have it written down here because uh, I was looking about it, something else. I think like closeout waves, they call them. But it's just like waves that just kind of like suddenly break all at once. Mm, you just kind of you just kind of like go into dive. a nosedive, yeah. And like when you came out of the water with a with a board, yeah, in two pieces, in two pieces, where, where your parents like, hmm, that could have been Tommy's spine. 
Nah, because they knew. They were like, yeah, he's got more than a styrofoam spine. Mm. I do remember, though, as like a kid, like a f- like one or two times in particular, uh, wiping out. Probably not even because I was surveyed. It was just like the wave hit me. I was standing there <laughs> and it being like bad where where, you know, I, I was like underwater being thrown all around. I was like, oh, boy, I better get up to the surface soon. I'm running out of air. And then another wave hits yeah. and you're like, oh, no, <laughs> what is happening? I don't know which way is up. I remember like landing on my face a few times, like landing on my head in ways where I thought like, oh, no, like I could have broken my back. Tom, do you know about dry drowning? No. <laughs> Is that drowning in not water? Um it's it's after you've been so Is this uh, like when uh, uh is this something I have to worry about when I take like a sip of water and it goes down <laughs> the wrong pipe? It's, it's, I think so. No, this is conversation at the playground um with another dad of a toddler uh, when we're watching were, our kids I thought uh, you were going to say conversation at the playground you were having with one of your <laughs> infant or toddler son's friends no it's another dad this dad talk and we uh, were talking about like going to the beach and stuff and how we were both like uh you know apprehensive basically surfers <laughs> basically surfers he had watched a few episodes of 100 foot wave as well um but like how our how our kids were both into uh, going into the ocean and yeah. how that like scared us because they're little. and he's like yeah, yeah so you know about uh, dry drowning it's mm-hmm. like no and he's like well I'm about to tell you and it's gonna keep you up at night too after like if you're like saved from drowning uh-huh. um, and you've been taken out and this happens in kids a lot. Uh, after taking in water through the nose or mouth, the muscles in your windpipe can become constrained to protect your lungs, mm-hmm. and you dr- you drown like your windpipe closes up. Mm-hmm. It can be up to I think thirty six hours after like you've been underwater. Your stupid body's like, oh, you might still be drowning, so let's like constrict the windpipe. Gonna, it, look, if you got a body that's stupid, it's kids kill have you stupid some bodies sometimes. Nah, they, kids got smart bodies. They don't know yet. These bodies, they're new. They know. How often does Tim? I was a lifeguard. I never heard a dry drowning. Well, this is concerning just, to me. You just believe whatever nonsense some other Brooklyn dad tells you. I believe a lot of things that uh, Brooklyn dads tell me. Did you believe? Uh, uh, can I tell you, Tom? You probably, Vaccines you probably, make you sicker. <laughs> He probably told you, like, no, trust me, I watched uh, 100 Foot Wave. <laughs> I know a lot about uh, surfing. Never heard of dry drowning. Well, Tom, if it's a I don't thing, know what to freaking tell incredibly you. Healthline.com just, just confirmed it. Is this for why me. you stopped bathing your child, Tim? Yeah, that is why I stopped bathing. I know he, he stinks. Like I wish I could do something about it. <laughs> he smells like a 15 year old. I don't even understand it. Give him sponge it's baths. Such, a, such awful body odor. It's like onions. Yeah. Well. You know, when 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 it's your own kid, it's it's like mm, it's a beautiful smell. It really is. Anyway, mm-hmm. enough about dry drowning. We're talking about boogie boarding. Yeah, Tom, why do we call it boogie boarding? I'll tell you why, Tim. Because this guy, uh, Tom Mori, mm-hmm. who later changed his name to the letter Y. 
<laughs> I didn't know that. He Jeez. passed away in uh, 2021. 2021. Yeah, and he was... <laughs> 2021, He was uh, <laughs> um, uh, 86 years old. Yeah. So it was like, great. You know, he, he, he lived a full life, it sounds like. He, I think when, he was like in his 60s when he changed his name to Y. Um, oh, and let me... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was his uh, his reasoning. Tom pulled the consulting plug in January of 1999. He was consulting for various companies. Mm-hmm. Founded Softshell Surfboard Manufacturing Company, Starwaves, and changed his name to Y. I've been more Y all my life. Oh, I see. M-O-R-E-Y I, is yes. his last name. Yeah. I'm finally going seriously after getting rid of more, so just plain Y does it. Which is like, huh? <laughs> Getting rid of more. Yeah. Huh. I forget this. Uh, <laughs> I forget who the, the subjects were of this anecdote. Mm-hmm. But there were some uh, cool entertainers yeah. at a party in the Hamptons. Okay. In the 70s, I think, or the uh-huh. 60s. And they were looking at like uh, all this, like this really rich guy. They're like one of the richest guys. He had all this art, and he had all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, one guy remarked to the other guy, um, man, this guy has so much. This guy has so much more than I do. Mm-hmm. And his friend said to him, you have something this man does not have. And it was, was it uh, like the guy's wife or something? Is this like an indecent <laughs> proposal <laughs> situation? And I'm going to broker a deal. You have something this man does not have. Enough. Wow. And I think what uh, Mr. Mori was trying to do mm-hmm. here is saying, why are we trying to get more, more, more? Why do I want more why? Yeah. Shouldn't I just be content with why? Yeah. I guess. It's kind of. Yeah, I don't know what this <laughs> fucking idiot was talking about. He had so much money, too, yeah. at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's basically it, that he was like, oh, I can just be a weird guy like I've always wanted to be. Uh, well, he, or okay. maybe maybe he was the victim of uh, dry drowning and, uh, uh, you know, he lost some brain cells and was. Uh, no, dry drowning will freaking kill you, Tom. Well, it won't always kill you. Sometimes it will just you, starve your brain of oxygen. How do you know? You don't. You heard. You hadn't heard about this, despite being a certified lifeguard. I'm not certified. I think my certification ran out uh, like 25 years ago. Um, so uh, Tom Mori mm-hmm. built the first uh, boogie board in July 1971. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that it was that uh, recent. Yeah, I, I mean, mean that's 50 years ago. It's but not it's, that. But I thought, like, oh, this probably is, like, as old as serving. Which, like, it kind of is. Like I said, Mm -hmm. in Polynesia, they were doing this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they had, uh, I think they were called, like, A-L-A-I? Something like that. Oh, Alia. A-L-A-I-A. Alia? But it was, like... uh, uh, a similar thing, but they were still, the thing is, these were way longer than boogie boards, but then you look at what these guys were surfing on, <laughs> they were like 20 feet long. So it's like, oh yeah, compared to that, this is shorter to, to a modern American looking at it, It's like, 
Oh, that thing's like only a little bit shorter than a surfboard, but I'm thinking of a, you know, a, 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 an American surfboard, not like a Polynesian surfboard. Yeah, and you're angry about the length of these <laughs> surfboards, right? No, but I I was reading about this one type of surfboard. I forget it began with an O, but it was like a surfboard that was reserved for uh, like kings, like only kings would ride <laughs> kings it. Kings would never surf. Tim, this thing was just like a two by four that was twenty feet long, and they would surf on it somehow. Huh. Well, kings are, and it weighed one hundred and sixty five pounds. 165 how did yeah. it even float i don't because I it was the so weight long was distributed yeah. yeah and they're like only kings rode these because they were so hard to ride it's like and a king was good at it <laughs> kings aren't good at anything i guess these kings were uh tom mori tom mm-hmm. he was an inventor yes he like invented a lot of things or like puttered around and like uh tried to invent a lot of stuff yeah that's yeah, like he's a one job that you guys. can't have nowadays right yeah. there's no guy that's just like let me like you know like how you would get like uh, in a movie like uh and then i stumbled upon flubber <laughs> you know that's not a real story about flubber tim uh, yeah you know, not that we know of, because like um, the government keeps flubber under wraps. Well, that's true. Uh, the there was a uh, not was I believe he's still with us. This guy who you ever have coffee? You ever use that uh, thing called the AeroPress? Yeah, I know the AeroPress. It's basically I accidentally threw mine out in a move. Wow, I thought you were going to say a movie. <laughs> I thought you were making up a lie. <laughs> Um, for anybody that's not familiar with this thing, it it's a pretty small, it's like two plastic pieces that one goes inside the other. It's, I don't know, uh, like a, the size of a big roll of toilet paper or not the roll, the tube. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's essentially a manual espresso machine. You, you press down on it and it's a very tight fit and it squeezes. I was never able to get good tasting coffee out of this oh, thing. Oh, I, I liked mine. I was able to get good tasting coffee. But what made me think of it is the guy who invented the AeroPress, he, a few years ago, there were all these different methods going around when cold brew coffee became a big thing. Like, oh, how do you do it with the AeroPress? It's not possible or you have to do it this way. It's more complicated than just making it. And apparently the, the actual inventor, like, he's like, oh, I went into my garage. You know, it's where I do all my tinkering with the AeroPress uh. and my other inventions. And like he found a way to make it that made sense and that became the like standard way to make and this was you know i don't know 30 40 years later or something crazy but but that guy made me think like oh that's like an inventor guy he invented this thing like a flubber type of uh, inventor yeah he a nutty professor he invented this thing it's become a huge thing for coffee snobs but even so they refuse to make like a nicer version of it. It's still just plastic and rubber. It's, I don't know, like 30 bucks maybe. And any other company by now would have been like, all right, well, we make an aluminum one and a glass one and a titanium one. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, these people would buy it. Gold but, one for. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, especially like the high bad end people, the high end coffee market where you can see people are looking for things to spend their money on. Yeah. The fact that 
this guy, I guess, still has some say and was like, no, this is how we make it. And we're not making a, a they make like a newer, I think maybe like a little more portable version, yeah. but that's it. Maybe I'll give it another shot. Should I get really into being like a coffee guy? I drink so much coffee. Tom. Sounds like you already are a coffee guy. Yeah, but, but I just, uh, you know, what, what's your coffee setup? What are you, uh, where, what are you brewing these days? Like, uh, uh, what machine are you using or just, device? Just a regular old coffee maker, like a Mister Coffee. Yeah, like a Mister Coffee. Uh, grind, grind my own beans. Okay, but uh, and and get, I guess, like decent beans. Mm. but that's that's like the extent of the craziness for the most part i'll occasionally make like cold brew or whatever overnight I, but uh, yeah that's about it i got one of these that uh it uh you put the beans in mm-hmm. and then it grinds the beans yeah, and yeah, puts yeah. it in the thing mm-hmm. and it's nice tom i'll tell you what's great about this you set an uh, you set a timer on yeah, that it just does it and it grinds the beans in the morning and you wake up to a, a lovely, uh, I mean, I guess you can do that and just manually grind the beans the night before. Yeah, but the grinder's loud. The grinder's loud. You don't want to do it late at night. Wakes you up mm-hmm. in the morning. It's a good alarm clock, too. It's true. And then you stop. Oh, what is you that? You put it right in the bed next to you, too. <laughs> so well, you don't have to go far. I mean, <laughs> I think maybe, you know, maybe. If you're the... an inventor, if you're a tinkerer, you build a little shelf in the middle of your bed between you well, and your fiance. I don't think you have to do it in the in the bed. You could do it on, like, the, the nightstand. But this way, you don't have to even, it's right there yeah. for you. Yeah, then I wouldn't have to lean you over You could put a little hook a, for uh, your, uh, your coffee mug yeah. so you can uh, put that there. Are you uh, like a I have to drink at a certain coffee mugs type of guy? No, but I like you like you have your favorites. I you know what? Just by dint of like working from home right. and like I have way more coffee cups than I use. Yeah, I got a rotation of like three coffee cups, even okay. though there's like fifteen in the cabinet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the case for me. I'm thinking about it that there's like three coffee mugs that I go to consistently. What are they? Uh, one is a happy 30th birthday coffee mug. <laughs> I know that one. I've seen you drink out of it. Yeah. Uh, one is a yellow mug with a dog that looks like ginger on it. I know it. that one. Okay. And then one is, oh, one is, um, do you remember we went to, uh, uh, a, uh, water park together that had, uh, called the Zoom Flume? Oh, uh, yeah, the first kind of house that we all got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I liked it so much, I bought a coffee mug You bought mug a there. mug. Yeah. Nice. And I use that mug, and it's a great mug because it's big. Now, if you're thinking about uh, Friend Central Perk, no, it's not that big. Guys, it's, it's, I wish we could afford mugs that it's big. It's reasonable, but it is bigger than usual, and it's wider than usual, so I feel like it cools off a little bit quicker. Nice. Because I drink black coffee it's it's super too hot hot sometimes so i have to wait for it to cool so having a wider mug it cools a little bit quicker i do sometimes i pour myself a mug of coffee Mm -hmm. walk my kid to daycare yeah come back takes like 35 minutes or something and Uh then it's like hey that's when i that's that's when my coffee's yeah i'll do that uh i'll walk the dog i like pour a cup and then walk the dog and come back and and actually usually it's still too hot Hey, more coffee talk after the break.
With the busy fall season right around the corner, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days, Tim. Yeah, the days are just packed, Tom. Well, stuff gets busy around the fall, and Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast. Boy, that's a tongue twister. With chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Tim, we've both had these factor meals. Yeah. and They're I, delicious. I love them. And Very, guess what? My what? family loves them, too. Same here. Very easy. Well, I haven't given any to my dog because they're- It's they're, not dog food. I, I want to eat it, not yeah. for the dog. Uh, the she, meal's so good, you don't want to give it to the dog. <laughs> uh, she would love some of this stuff, though, uh, because it's uh, they've got a little of something for everyone. Well, not like dog food. Not dog food, but they have. I had like a delicious steak uh, oh, yeah. meal that she was eyeing me the whole time. These things are great. You can throw them in the microwave if you, you don't have time. You can throw them in the oven if you do have a little bit of time, but you don't really have to do any prep at all. Uh, if you're too busy running around during the day to think about lunch, keep up your energy with Lunch to Go. Effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers, they're ready to eat when you're on the go. No microwave required even. Looking for calorie-conscious options ahead of the busy season? Mm-hmm. Try delicious, dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. I had some of these, and they were also very good. Tom, beat this. You need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best for the rest of summer? Try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Tim, it's not a contest. I don't like... You telling me beat this? That's what this is. No, it is. With it's factor, me and you against each other. <laughs> with factor, you can rest assured you're making a a sustainable. Nope. I think he means sustainable. A sustainable. Looks like I win. <laughs> we offset 100%. I'm speaking as factor now. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable energy for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably produce or sourced seafood in their meals this august get factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door ready ready in just two minutes no prep no mess head to factormeals.com slash guide 50 to use code guide 50 to get 50 percent off that's Code guide 50 at factormeals.com slash guide 50 to get 50% off. Remember, 50. Yeah, there's a lot of 50s in there. Factormeals.com slash guide 50. Use code guide 50 at checkout for 50% off. Our thanks to Factor for sponsoring this show. 50. Okay, so Tom, we've been talking about boogie boards this whole time. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, when Tom Mori built the first boogie board, mm-hmm. it wasn't called a boogie board. You want to know what he wanted to call it? Oh, a snake. The snake. Yeah. And what did that stand for? It was for? an acronym for the parts of the body that mm-hmm. you use to ride it. Side, mm-hmm. navel, okay. arm, mm-hmm. knee, elbow. That's the dumbest <laughs> thing ever. That's the dumbest yeah, thing it, Y ever did. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it's certainly a stretch. It's not, uh, you don't hear what it stands for and go, oh, yeah, brilliant. But also, like, 
But I think it would have been the, pretty... the parts of the body that you use to ride it. The side. Yeah. Like there's one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, let's see. You can use your neck. Yeah. I guess. No, you don't even use your look. You in as your much as like look around. use all these things to like <laughs> do walk. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, you know, your body moves when you do things. Look, you have to admire the guy. Want people to be able to say, "Hey, man, you surf? No, man, I snake." Yeah, and that's, that's true. pretty. Oh, all right, all right, man. Well, I'm not looking for a problem. Just, <laughs> just leave me alone. Check out my tattoo of my snake board. Yeah, and it's just a it's a boogie board. It's a boogie board. But he named it after uh what boogie woogie jazz, I think I yeah, read. Yeah, exactly. He's a drummer, Tom. Yeah, jazz drummer. It's a jazz drummer. <laughs> yeah, that's what he does a lot. Um That's kinda like his style, right? Yeah, that's that's when uh you know the 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 beat poets just made a point. <laughs> and uh, he does that little fill. You know these, uh, like, uh, like Bill Murray and like Dan Aykroyd movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm thinking of Stripes. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of uh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, but also like a lot of those movies with like those like John Landis and uh-huh. like Har- ha- uh, Harold Ramis movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just, did they all like that piano like <laughs> boogie woogie music? The because that's in like all of those movies. I, yeah, maybe, I guess. Did they think like, yeah, this part's going to be fucking cool. And so what we got to do is get the... I don't... Were, were you, that's Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's think, not all freaking... Yeah. I mean, there's there's like some piano stuff in there. Yeah, that's what um, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, I guess the uh, the I same boogie woogie. It was that it, inspired the boogie board. Yeah, I mean it's cool music and boogie in your butt. Excuse me, it's a song. Yeah. Okay, and now I don't need to hear in it. In your butt, put the boogie in your butt. Put the boogie. Put put the boogie boogie in your butt. In your butt. Put the boogie in your butt. Okay, well, that's pretty good. Put put the boogie in your butt. It's jazz. It's <laughs> <laughs> <This is> boogie woogie. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, this guy was a. Uh, I mean, that kind of explains how, like, later on in life, when he was just like kind of consulting, like he got back into just playing music. Right. He does sound like a really interesting guy. In that before he was before he made like boogie boards and stuff, he was just you know a jazz guy, a jazz drummer, and a surfer. And but like work for Lockheed Martin, I think, or something as yeah. like a as like a composite materials expert. He, he These are to- things you can do the cognitive dissonance in the sixties, <laughs> where it's right. like, and also like what like engineer or whatever mm-hmm. at like Lockheed Martin these days is like, and on like he has time, he has free time for like right, yeah, uh, non evil things. Yeah, he has cool hobbies like yeah. uh, creating new surfboards and uh, being a jazz drummer. S- yeah. Oh, it'd be cool to have hobbies. Do you have well, hobbies, Tom? No, I keep thinking about getting one. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I play video do. games sometimes. I guess yeah. that that's a hobby. Like, I read books sometimes. Like, I that's know people a hobby, that but like, that's... are like, hey, every Thursday night I go out and play basketball with a group of people. Yeah. It's like, wow, I don't do anything like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, every but... Thursday I come here and fucking sit in this room with <laughs> yeah, you and talk about boogie hobby. boards. <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, I always, I always think like uh, I should get some kind of like a uh, coffee. We should become coffee guys. <laughs> Maybe I was gonna say like a creative hobby, but like I do creative stuff in other things. This is the shit. This is the thing, man. <laughs> you can't do a creative hobby without being like, well, I should monetize it. I should turn right. it into a business. Yeah, but like. People that we know mm-hmm. who are like, hey, I go play basketball with a bunch of people. They're not like, and then maybe I'll go pro and start getting paid for <laughs> well, it. Well, I mean, maybe not At the 43, NBA. I think. Uh, but some supplemental the Washington income. Generals or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably my problem that I that I think like, well, if I'm doing like a creative hobby, like I, I kind of got into like 3D printing. I'm looking at my yeah, like old busted three. <laughs> Don't make guns. through metal detectors. No, but like, you know, uh, like there were, I I got into it for a while and I was making stuff, but then I started thinking like, oh, I should like make stuff and sell it on Etsy. Yeah. And then it's like, well, now that's just a business, but I don't, but I don't. Then it's not a hobby anymore. Yeah. But, but that's the thing. That's like my mindset that I can't do a hobby purely for just like the enjoyment of that. Unless it's like a very low lift hobby, like reading books or or playing a video game. Yeah. But to do something like basketball or whatever, I, I mean, I don't like basketball, so I'd never do that. But I would be thinking, well, why am I doing this? What is my goal here? Am I going to try and go pro? No. All right. So fuck it. I won't even do it. That's my thing, too. Yeah. It's like, well, and I'm not the best at anything, but yeah. it's like, well, if I'm not going to be the best at this, why am I going to do it? It's like, you've never been the best at anything before. Yeah, and, I'm, and I don't think I'm like a workaholic that it's like, well, I can't be doing something unless I'm being 100% productive. <sighs> you start lifting I don't know what, weights. I don't know what happened. Dude, yeah, uh, lift weights, and then we get beat up the nerds with the hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> get a job, nerd. Find a way to monetize this. Good friend of ours, mm-hmm. of mine. Uh-huh. I don't want to speak for <laughs> you. Right. I don't want to speak for you. Okay. Uh, just started uh, or has been lifting weights for like the last year. I haven't seen him. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, show, you were telling Ose. me. Yeah. Um, has he been on the show? Maybe he has. Um, I don't think so. Anyway, uh, and you're uh, you're uh, in in a band with Ose. Yeah. You, you drummed. Yeah, in, in his band, M- much like uh, Tom Mori, I was uh, <laughs> d- d- drumming in uh, his boogie woogie band, um, and he started. Uh, you know, he was never a weightlifter. Yeah, he was lifting weights. Uh, he was like, uh, he showed up at my house. I was like, I thought he was going <laughs> to kick my ass. <laughs> he showed up at my house and beat the shit out of me. Stole my wife. My wife left he with said, him. He said, "I'm finally." Uh, uh, significantly bigger than you. Yeah. I've, been, I've been working out. I, I got one of those. Uh, uh, I responded to one of those ads in the back of an old comic book about uh, the going 98 from, pound weakling. Yeah, going from a geek to a freak. Yeah, uh, to get my revenge on you, and here I am. When he showed up, Tom, I mm. never wished more that I took you up on your offer for that 3D gun that you printed. <laughs> Plastic gun. <laughs> Um, Tim, I never, you know, and I, there was one day where I thought about printing a 3D gun just to like, uh, mess with you, just to be <laughs> just like, to sh- just to shoot and kill you. <laughs> no, just be like, Hey, look, don't tell anyone, but look what I made. 
But then I was like, oh, somehow I'll get in trouble with this. I'm not going to do it. I know it's going to get in trouble, but I think I would have been like, I don't think I'm going to go over to Tom's anymore. No, I was like worried. Back to Zoom. I was like, I'm going to download this file and the FBI is going to come yeah, knock on course, my door tomorrow. Yeah, of course, as well they should. No, they shouldn't for downloading a file. Uh, Freedom of speech. You wouldn't download a car. I, you would download a gun <laughs> if you could get one. Yeah. It'd be pretty neat. No, I watched a thing about, because uh, there's basically nowadays like competitive 3D gun making. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Love where society's uh, going. I think I read like a Vice thing about it, but it was actually it was like it was interesting to watch in that the people doing it I think weren't even necessarily like gun nuts. They were just like huge nerds that were basically just trying to like yeah. optimize. I'm sorry, but like, oh, huge nerds are just getting <laughs> on their computers and doing shit has uh, not really worked <laughs> no, out for us in the 21st century. Fine. And look, the, these there were tons of problems. You don't want to 3D print a gun. It's it's there are easier ways to get guns in in America. Yeah, unfortunately, that will, that will work way more reliably. Okay. Uh, than you, a 3D you can go to like gun. a big box store. Yeah, in you can many just go states. to a Walmart yeah. and just buy it. Uh, they they melt too fast. The plastic. Mm. Dude, I, I I trust the extensive research you've Look, done. Look, if you're on... uh, John Malkovich looking to assassinate the president in a movie, uh, and you only need one or two shots, sure. Yeah. But uh, but after that, it's like, eh, just just get a real gun. Yeah, but you can't get it through security. Yeah. All right. Well, make a 3D gun. You know what? You don't have to choose. You can have both. <sighs> I don't like guns, Tom. No, I um, mean, I, joking aside, I am not. I do like shooting guns. I like going to like a shooting range, but that that's uh, it. I don't want to own a gun or anything like that. I think they should get rid of assault uh, weapons, all that. But uh, get off your soapbox. <laughs> uh, he called it the Mori Boogie, Tom. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, he added the word board, uh, later just for marketing. He was going to call it the Maury snake and you didn't think I should call it the Maury eel. The Maury eel? Maury, I mean, they're Maury eels. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. That's what eels. I don't know about eels. It's a common type of eel. Eels are fish. Tim, I've forgotten more about eels than you'll ever know. Yeah, okay. Do you remember if they're fish or not? (laughs) Yes. I mean, it's either that or snakes, right? <laughs> That's what I. That was my next question. If you but said no, they're, they're not fish, idiot, I'd be like, so they're snakes. Yeah, they got to be fish because then they're sea snakes, right? Right. Are eels ever, fish? You ever see uh, 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 sea snakes? Like a video of sea snakes? Yeah. They're terrifying. It's a so, snake in the water that can swim. Everything in the freaking sea is terrifying. In dolphins? Yeah. No. They're nice. Tom, haven't you seen those signs, those stickers? What? Dolphins are people. Huh? What the hell? What are you talking about? <laughs> haven't you seen those signs? Dolphins are people. No, you haven't seen the uh, the signs that say, uh, the stickers mm-hmm. that say dolphins rape people? 
Oh, rape people? Yeah. No, I haven't seen these signs. Where are you going? I'm walking around New York City where we're being warned about the dolphins. Well, there's not too many dolphins in New York City, so you don't really have to worry. I think a lot of people travel to the tropics, though. Mm, And they need to be warned beforehand. There are, like, dolphins pop up in the, I feel like, the, like, uh, Hudson River in the summer sometimes. Well, now I search for that phrase. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking that I'd see a million of these. uh, Yeah, I think you made it up. It's from Aardvark. There's another. NYC. Another tall tale from uh, Tim. The Aardvark NYC is probably some pro Aardvark group trying to drag dolphins names through the mud. Um, but I think this this is the this is the sticker I'm talking okay. about. Well, I'm saying not everything in the sea is bad, but all snakes are bad. Right. Um. Uh. Eels are fish. Yeah, I knew it. Is they sell them at fish shops? At uh, like fish stores where you buy fresh fish. They got eels there too. Yeah, but they sell a lot of other things there too. Like what? Seafood. Uh, Sea snakes? <laughs> no, they don't sell sea snakes. I mean, I'm sure some places do, but a lot of sea snakes, I think, are very poisonous, which is like, oh, great. It wasn't bad enough. Snakes don't bother me unless they're poisonous. <sighs> you got Non-poisonous at... snakes or... Uh, yeah, but you don't know. Or, I don't know a lot of things, Tom. Same thing with sharks. You were talking about, oh, there's shark attacks. Has mm-hmm. that ever been like, well, I shouldn't go in the water. Somebody is betting attack. Yeah, but I'm saying. I'll see that fin and I'll swim away. But I'm saying you I'll see. I'll bodyboard right out of the, I'll, I'll mori boogie right out of the freaking ocean. You see a snake. Away from this. You don't know if that snake's poisonous or not. I know. I don't know a lot of things, Tom. So I'm saying you I should see, just automatically be I see a guy walking down the street. I don't know if he's got a machete and he's going to chop my head off. I think you can take a reasonable guess if he's got enough of a. Big enough He's bag to hold a, a machete. Yeah, a trench coat. This, uh, I don't know if it was Moray. I think it was a guy he was working with invented um, the uh, uh, surfboard that you could put in a suitcase. Okay. Yeah, in 1965, Carl Pope became his business partner, and the name changed again. Moray Pope Surfboards. They built, tested, and marketed Pope's Trisect, a three-piece surfboard that folded into a suitcase. Took care of the problem of you know suitcases being very long, kind of uh, unwieldy, right? And uh, not this one. Uh, it folds surfboards up. being very long. <laughs> Everybody wasn't like, oh, a suitcase is too long. No, people were like, a suitcase is the perfect size. Yeah, uh, but but you look at this thing; it was still like it was still pretty big. It's got like what hinges on it and stuff. Like you're not gonna. Want it kind of looked like uh, where there's. Remember that called? time you bought that fold up bike? Yeah, and then uh, we all went out for a bike ride, and the rest of us had normal bikes. And yeah, you're like oh, I'm just gonna turn around and go home because it was so hard to ride. Well, I got a flat tire. That was the problem. Yeah. Because of the bike folding up. <laughs> I mean, it, it could have not. It could have very well been because of something like that. Yeah, you didn't um, get to go to lunch with us that day. What? You didn't get to go to lunch I, with us. Well, that day. all right, Jesus, I've moved on with my life, but apparently you are still upset about it. I know. I was hoping to uh, order something really expensive, <laughs> and then we could split the bill <laughs> several ways. <laughs> and I was counting on you and not getting something so expensive. Lower the average, Tim. If we ever went out somewhere and it was my understanding that we were going to split the bill and you ordered something expensive, I would order two of them. I'm that freaking asshole. 
that goes to these mm-hmm. parties and it's like, well, I don't want to pay a lot and I know we're going to split the bill. Let me bring down the average right. and not get something. Uh, and so I always wind up unhappy and then I pay more than my meal is worth. Wow. I mean, that was me in my 20s. Okay. Now I just don't go out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I know what's changed. <laughs> Uh, Tim, he, uh, I know we want to solve a problem today, so I'll make this next part quick. Um, oh, I had another part too about that. Hey, keep going, Tom. Ta- we'll solve ten, the problem next ten week. 10 reasons why bodyboarding is better than surfing. Okay. Where'd you get this list? Surfertoday.com. What? Yeah. Freaking turncoats. I know. You know, it's clickbait, Traitor man. to their they're, class. They're looking, they, you know, engagement, get angry con- comments. Um, uh, the f- And these are like a real stretch. Uh, the first one is whenever you're riding a boogie board, your heart is closer to the water and your eyes are nearly touching the ocean surface. It's like, okay, that's this a difference. sucks. Yeah, I'm not, that that's not the one I was going to... I don't like when people get spiritual about uh, like, surfing, uh, and stuff. surfing and stuff. Yeah. Well, this is the... the that wasn't actually... Uh, unless they do it in the context of the TV show 100-Foot Wave. Uh, th- that wasn't even actually what I wanted to talk about. What I want to talk about was eventually Boogie Boards got sold to Whammo, the toy oh, company. Yeah. They, they are the current... Uh, before that, it was sir, it was uh, sold to Cransco. <laughs> those those corporate stooges. They were that. the first ones to trademark the term boogie board, mm. well, and they so, pursued legal action against anyone who used that. Um, but then it kind of became what's that called? Where like Kleenex and like Xerox. So yeah, um, there is a term for it. Uh, I thought I had written it down because uh, that's what I wanted to talk about because Whammo, oh, uh, genericized trademarks, it's called. Okay. Or generic si- generic eyes trademarks. Because listen, Whammo's been around for 70 years. Here's some of the toys they make. Hula hoop, mm-hmm. frisbee, uh-huh. slip and si- slide, uh-huh. super ball, Silly string, hacky sack. They freaking boogie board. They, and they let they all specialize, these get a lawyer. <laughs> whammo, Jesus. And that's the thing. All these trademarks have become uh, generic eyes, genericized because they didn't defend them uh, hard enough. Um, the whammo Super Bowl, it claims, was the inspiration for naming the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl, you can't say on yeah, TV. We're going to get freaking hauled off. I know. The big game, we're supposed to say. Um, but a uh, a brand that successfully fought trademark erosion is uh, Nintendo. Ah. Like when Nintendo first became big in America, and I vaguely remember this, you know, to adults, all video games were Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Everything was Nintendo, and Nintendo a bunch of freaking oldsters, people and, that are our age. <laughs> and Nintendo worked very hard to be like, no, the these are Nintendo video games, and there are other video games. Don't and they, you know, at this point, obviously, we don't call PlayStation games Nintendo or whatever. Mm, some of us do. do. 
Um, Idi- did you say idiots? Yeah. Yeah, some idiots. <laughs> Not in this room. Uh, but then I, I, fell, I, I fell down a rabbit hole looking into this trademark stuff. Uh, another common practice among trademark owners is to follow their trademark with the word brand to help define the word as a trademark. Johnson & Johnson changed the lyrics of their Band-Aid television commercial jingle from I am stuck on Band-Aid. Uh, I remember this. Because Band-Aid stuck on me to I am stuck on Band-Aid brand because Band-Aid cool stuck when, on uh, me. lawyers write lyrics to songs. <laughs> yeah, especially classics like uh, the Band-Aid I am song. stuck on Band-Aid brand. Yeah. It's Band-Aid. Band-Aid stuck Brand-Aid. on. Oh, they could have just... Yeah, because they did. Cause they had to add that. What is there like another note there in, in the melody? They just they just add. It's the same note. Dun, dun, I'm stuck dun, dun, on dun. Band-Aid brand. Yeah, dun, instead dun, of dun. I'm stuck on Band-Aids. Yeah, because Band-Aids stuck on me. Yeah, stuck on Band-Aid brand because Band-Aids. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't they work. They have a guy come in and just go brand. Uh, but apparently that's like a pretty common thing nowadays. You know, you stick brand on it. And for some reason that hell, you know, obviously people call bandages, band-aids like crazy yeah. even today. But uh, them just changing that song. I Maybe some judge took pity on them. And it was like, wow, you ruined that song just to keep your trademark. All right. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll uh, let you keep it. This isn't related. This is tangentially related. But uh-huh. don't you hate at uh, when there's like a conglomerate um, that has like a million fucking you know, like uh, a Johnson and Johnson, yeah. S E Johnson, right? Yeah. S E Johnson though, and uh, I'm the, not sure if they still do Johnson, a family. company. Yeah, exactly, a family company. So it's like controlled by the worst billionaire shitheads ever (laughs) like that's all that Uh, means uh, right like yeah a family company controlled by the third generation of people who have never had to work a day in their lives oh cool oh yeah a family runs this (laughs) there's like you know 70 100 year old company now yeah (sighs) a family company oh i revere that Wow, uh, this must be some phone. busy family. They make all this. <laughs> uh, they make uh, uh, talcum powder <laughs> and band aids. Uh, wow. All right. Yeah, I, w- I was gonna go with a no name brand. That uh, good thing you told me. I don't want to give my money to a corporation. I want to give it to a family. Um, other f- uh, former trademarks that have been genericized. Tom, mm-hmm. dry ice. Oh wow! All right. Flip phone. Huh. Motorola um, oh, originally yeah. had that. Yeah, I mean that uh, that does make sense because they made the first one uh, that StarTac because I had one of those. Yeah, and that was like the first flip phone. And I, yeah, I never thought about that. That I guess they didn't fight hard. You know what? They I kind of feel like they probably didn't care about that because then they got like the Razor trademark. So it's like. They 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 were protecting other trademarks. I feel. Yeah, I'm sure, but you know, yeah. you can you can write, you know, a lawyer can write another. They could have a template of like stop using this word. Yeah, but like a flip phone, because I was reading about this too. That it's and now harder. it's like a, a pejorative, but coming back. Yeah, it's it's harder with things like that where it describes what it is. 
Right. Because it's like, well, like a Nintendo, like, yeah, that sound to an American, that sounds like a nonsense word. But like a flip phone, yeah, it's a phone that flips. Okay. Yeah. You can't just, you can't be like, well, it's a Ford car and we're trademarking car. Right. Um, heroin. Mm-hmm. Trademark mm. of Bayer. Oh, yeah, it makes until sense. Until the Treaty of Versailles in uh, 1919. Wow. Yeah, not All sure right. what happened there, but... Uh, Some shit went down. Yeah, World War One was wild. Yeah, because I think Bear still has the trademark on aspirin, but but it's been genericized. Yeah, it's still a Bayer trademark mm-hmm. um, in 80 countries, including Canada. And many can- countries in Europe, but declared generic in the United States. That's probably why, like, you know, whenever we're overseas, it's like, oh, do you have any, uh, like, prasalopram or whatever? I forget what it's called. Uh, but it's like, what? No, I want aspirin. Not this. The mm. Acetacillus. Yeah, something like that. Acid. There's another paracetamol, something like that. Wow. I just know. You're always Buying, I'm always uh, sick over you that. really are. Um, I went to one pharmacy mm-hmm. um, overseas one time. I think it was in uh, Budapest. Yeah, did We're not like, go well for me. How much Viagra can I get for a thousand U.S. dollars? Videotape also trademarked. <laughs> no longer. Yeah, that. Uh, I mean, that's another one where it's like, well, that's just describing what it is. Yeah. Tim, you know about the Whammo Bird Ornthopter? <laughs> what the hell is this? I don't know, but it's in this list of things that they have uh, that that's become. Or let's no. do an let's do an episode on Whammo. Tim, I was looking at Whammo's website. It's all bangers. These guys know what they're doing, and like their brand now, which also makes sense, is that they're like, "Hey, we're the like play outside company." Yeah, like all our toys are for playing outside. Uh, and all their toys, pretty cool stuff. Frisbees, <laughs> boogie boards, <laughs> slip and slides. They're all like kind of dangerous, but just not dangerous enough that I feel like they've avoided like significant, uh, uh, legal problems. Yeah. Cause hey. I just remember as a kid, I feel like it, it was on the news. Like every week people were dying on slip and slides, but I think it was also, it was o- always like adults. It was always like drunk adults that day. I it. know, but don't you want to get drunk and go on a slip and slide? <laughs> yeah. Like I to- look, I'm not like, you know, uh, making fun of these people because if I were drunk, I've, I've never been drunk where a slip and slide's been. If I had been, you'd all be at my memorial <laughs> service right now. But like, I get that they're like, look, it's not that dangerous for kids. Because kids don't like weigh enough to break their neck just by falling right. the wrong way, for the most part. You've been you've been too cautious for too long, Tom. Well, about to break you out of your shell. About getting drunk and going on a slip and slide. No, everything. What Although else? The one I? time I was playing at that same house that we rented uh-huh. with a bunch with of us, where we went flame. to that water park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember, there was a badminton thing. Uh huh. And I thought I broke my neck because I <laughs> dove. I was being reckless playing badminton. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I like I still have neck problems from <laughs> that because like I fell backwards and like tucked my head and like mm-hmm. rolled backwards and I felt like a snap and I was like. 
oh shit, did I like just yeah. paralyze myself uh, playing badminton in this Airbnb? I didn't, but I still all messed I up. I remember I was drunk in lighting fireworks at that house. And I went to run away from one and I slipped and like hit my head. I think I gave myself a concussion and like didn't realize it. And uh, yeah, so it was like a dangerous house, yeah. it sounds like. Oh, you, got a, you got a good mug out of it. Yeah, that's the most I could ask for. You ever wax your boogie board? I beg your pardon, sir. With sex wax? What? Uh, no. No, you didn't need to. No, I had a boogie board that would break if I looked yeah. at it the wrong way. Um, did you ever wear a wetsuit no. when you were boogie boarding? No, I would have loved to. I think I had like a like a rash guard top that I would wear sometimes. Because uh, like I would get rashes. Like I would always uh, not be good at it and just kind of like wipe out in the sand and get uh, all scraped up. Yeah. I don't know how, like my mom, school mm-hmm. teacher, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so she had the summers off, mm-hmm. and so and she loves the beach. But she wore a wetsuit year round. <laughs> uh, we'd go to the beach like every day in the summer. Yeah. with like she'd go with a couple of her friends and their kids, and like I became friendly with their kids, mm-hmm. and we would just go in like starting at like eight years old. Yeah, with a boogie board, mm-hmm. run in there. Some years we had wetsuits. Yeah, I had a cool teal and purple one. You remember mm. when teal and purple was like? Yeah, that was a big shit, color. Like Charlotte Hornets and. San Jose Sharks, man. Like get yeah. the starter jacket, get whatever, get the rollerblades. We found the best combination of colors, everybody. But like eight years old, they'd be like, all right, I'm going to go in the water. And they'd be like, cool. Yeah. And we'd go in for like hours. Mm-hmm. The the tide would take us like a <laughs> oh, half yeah, mile yeah. down the beach. We'd get out and be like, where are our parents? And we'd have to walk all the way back down. And I'm here freaking out about dry drowning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I was going to say, your your kids growing up in Brooklyn, we grew up in a beach town. Yeah. So we would, you know, we in the summers, like, we were just always at the beach. Like, we didn't know each other as little kids, but I, I was the same. Like, my parents just went to the beach all the time. You guys were a town beach family, right? Uh, we were a yeah. state beach family, and I don't know why. You huh. guys were over at Gilgo. No, I was we, over usually at went to, we usually went to Overlook oh, or okay. Cedar. Uh, yeah. I always wanted to go to Gilgo because that was a surfing beach. Right. Uh, now it's the serial Ye- killer beach. <laughs> so Very cool. Yeah, we stay away from Gilgo Beach. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm not uh, really in the demographic. You're not uh, of uh, uh, victims of a serial killer? Yeah. No, I'm not. not Yet. A- if you like the show, you can find out more at tcgte.com. You can find all our social media links, our subreddit, our Discord, all that stuff. You can follow me on uh, social media at Tom Reynolds. Follow me at your pal, Tim. Hey, and, you on Blue Sky, Tom? Yes, I am. Blue on. Sky's the only I, one I, I like, don't man. really look at it, though. So. Uh, it's the only one I look at. So uh, uh, hit me up on Blue Sky. At me on Blue Sky. You can I got all- one tweet. No, I got one post. <laughs> you can also uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash complete guide. We do books of podcasts every week, except this week. Oh, no, we no. are doing books of podcasts this yeah. week about uh, a short book. David Lynch mm-hmm. catching the big fish. Yeah, about the making of the movie Big Fish. No, I don't think so, Tommy. That was a Tim Burton movie. 
Yeah, but he, he once we read the book, we'll sort this out. <laughs> no, it's about like uh, creativity and uh, meditation. Mostly meditation. Yeah. Uh, if that sounds right up your alley, patreon.com slash complete guide. Uh, Tim, I want uh, the one of the last things I wanted to talk about with this uh, Tom Moray guy mm-hmm. is, you know, he sound, of course, he was like a real, uh, I don't want to say hippie, I guess like a free spirit, mm-hmm. cool guy. Uh, he, sure. he was married twice, I think, but, uh, Hey, uh, nice. He Did l- he murder his first wife? <laughs> no, but his second wife, uh, Marcia, Marcia, not sure. Marcia, Marcia. Oh, Marcia. I think maybe, uh, she was known as the mother of bodyboarding. Oh, cool. But they had four kids. Listen to these kids names. Soul. Okay. Like, like the sun. S O L. Oh, okay. I like Soul. That. Moon, Sky, and Madison. <laughs> oh, Madison. Was Madison like 15 years younger than the rest of them, dude? <laughs> I don't know. But it's like, like, is that good to have like uh, the only like uh, normal name? Or is it like, oh, I guess like by the time I was born, my parents like straightened up and got corporate and were like, we can't keep giving our kids these damn hippie names. Well, what, what would the other one like star or constellation or uh, soul, moon, sky? Yeah, it could be star. I mean, it could soul be moon fry. So yeah, it could be fry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I mean, it could be anything. Sunflower. Uh, flower, just flower, surf. No, it's got to be sky related, Tom, or the heavens. Cloud, cloud. Yeah, not high enough. Satellite. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they don't have stars, so it could have just been star. Yeah. Uh, galaxy. Any of those things. Anything other than Madison. Yeah. yeah Madison's a good name. Not, not when you're you're you got a sibling named Moon. You know what? Actually, like maybe like Madison's like Phew, dodged a bullet on this one. Yeah, he's uh, he's currently the CEO of Whammo. <laughs> See you next week. That was a headgum podcast. I'm Tobin Heath, two-time World Cup winner. And I'm Kristen Press, two-time World Cup winner. And this is The Recap Show. This is the first time we'll be watching the World Cup in over a decade. We know we're not alone with how we feel about the way people talk about women's sports. We want to be part of the solution. Having been there many times before ourselves, Tobin and I are going to bring to you what it's like to play in a World Cup, what's really happening behind the scenes, all the good juicy bits. The Recap Show will bring you gal culture at its finest. We all know what bro culture is, but what is gal culture? We're here to define it. We have incredible guests joining us. You're going to get the strongest perspective, the strongest minds the game has to offer. This is our narrative, our culture, and we get to tell it our way. Nobody can speak about the World Cup better than us. You'll hear it all on The Recap Show. Premiering July 20th, you're going to find The Recap Show everywhere. YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, threads, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to The Recap. Welcome to the show. LFG.